0: And there's an et cetera on the, the title page of the... Um, was he
1: was he a well-known playwright? Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: right up there with Anonymous. You know, those, those, those two. Those two, those guys. They wrote a lot of plays they between did.
1: them. Yeah, and various yeah. artists. Yeah. And I'm James. And
0: we're your hosts for Not, Not Another, Another Shakespeare,
1: Shakespeare podcast. podcast.
0: The podcast that takes neither itself nor Shakespeare very seriously. And today is our spooky, spooky, extra special Halloween episode. Boo. Boo. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> are we are just making all the sound effects. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sounds good. This is our Halloween special. The play we're doing is The Witch of Edmonton which is one of my favourite plays.
1: Mm, one of my favourite witches.
0: Hey, that's convenient. <laughs> I didn't know you had a favourite witch. Yeah. 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 Who else is in the top five?
1: You're making me name witches on the spot.
0: <laughs> well, you said you had favourites.
1: All right. The witches. Yeah. From Roald Dahl. Okay. They're in there. All right. Uh, the Salem witches.
0: <laughs> all of them? All of them. All the Salem witches. All of them. They're just in a clump together.
1: Assuming that they were actually witches, which they were not. Okay. I don't know. What other witches are
0: there? You tell me. You're the one with the list.
1: (laughs) A list of two.
0: (laughs) A list of three. Three? Yeah. Three witches on the list. The witches, Roald Dahl. The Salem witches, all of them. And the Witch of Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the list. Well, I'm trying
1: to think of more pop culture witches now.
0: The Wicked Witch of the West? Yeah. Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. The Littlest Witch? That's probably a girl's reference. Um, we are accompanied today by some spirits. We are drinking.
1: Ooh, I am the ghost of whiskey's past.
0: <laughs> we are drinking, but not drunk. Yet. Yet. Um, and we're talking about The Witch of Edmonton, which is a fantastic play. I think it is is one of my favorite plays from the period, I'll be honest. And revisiting it for the episode, I rediscovered a lot of things that I hadn't even remembered that I loved about it, which is nice. It is uh, a collaborative play. It has three playwrights, Thomas Decker, William Rowley, and John Forge. And there's an et cetera on the the title page of the. Um, was he a
1: was well-known he playwright? Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: right up there with Anonymous. You know, those Those, those two, two, those guys. They wrote a lot of plays between did. them.
1: Yeah. And various yeah. artists. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, run a lot of, <laughs> they do a lot of music.
0: Yeah. You know, Anonymous, various artists, like the same thing. Um, so I don't I don't know who the uh, the et ceteras are. There there might be others, but the the title page uh, of the quarto printing from 1628. So this is the like the paperback copy tells us that the witch of Edmonton is a known true story composed into a tragicomedy by divers well esteemed poets William Raleigh Thomas Decker John Ford et cetera acted by the prince's servants often at the Cockpit in Drury Lane once at court to singular applause.
1: Just, just one, one applaud. <laughs> one applaud. No one liked it. <laughs>
0: That's it. One person no, loved I it. No, I think singular is in like un- unusual. Unanimous. <laughs> singular, like like unique, like more than normal. Not the kind right. of applause that just any old play gets. Okay. <laughs> Not just like one person. <laughs> just
1: one, the sound of one <laughs> hand clapping, you know.
0: Um, there's a very excellent engraving on the title page as well of Mother Sawyer, who is the titular witch and Cuddy Banks who is one of her Cuddy Banks Cuddy Banks Yeah
1: That's cool. There's a I think there's like a, a reggae artist called Cuddy Ranks. Is
0: there? Yeah. Oh I
1: wonder God. if he got his inspiration from this play. Probably.
0: <laughs> Probably. Um and the dog who is uh, a key figure in the play. You know I love dogs.
1: Well, that's is that what made this jump up in your estimation?
0: Do you know what? I actually kind of yes. I love the dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great character. I mean, he is literally the devil, but <laughs> Other than that, he's great.
1: He's the Beagle Incarnate.
0: Oh, yes. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I like there's a lot of things I like about this play. I like that it's a sort of based on a true story, like kind of true crime. True crime. It is it is very true crime. It's a sort of sensational uh um, Is it on
1: Netflix? <laughs> it
0: should be. It should be. It's this, this sort of sensational, like small town witch hunt story. Mm. It is very like a lot of the kind of like ITV crime dramas you get where it's like this quiet Scottish town experiences yeah. incredible things. A
1: serial killer. Yeah. yeah. Oh no,
0: why is someone being murdered here if we don't know what to do? It it is that kind of vibe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's it's an interesting mix of playwrights. I think I was saying this to you yeah, earlier, et James. Like, huh? A- etc. Et yeah, etc. Um but of the three that we know, William Rowley, you know from The Changeling, which we covered in season one. Yes. Um what do you remember about William Raleigh?
1: He was a bishop.
0: he wasn't literally a bishop
1: he liked to play a bishop he
0: played the fat bishop in a game at chess which is a thomas middleton play and he and he and thomas middleton collaborated a lot they wrote a lot of plays together here he's collaborating with decker and ford um but you can see his kind of signature style in the character of cuddy banks who almost definitely was a character he wrote for himself to Mm -hmm. play Mm -hmm. um he's that kind of like bumbling clown sort of character. Yeah. Um, It's a very Rowley-esque clown. Mm. So there's that. Then you have Thomas Decker, who we haven't met yet on the podcast. He does a lot of city comedies and he's often writing about working class characters or sort of characters that that wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily quote unquote expect to be the subjects of drama, right? So he's Mm. not writing court dramas. He's not writing stuff about kings and queens and nobility. He's writing about the ordinary people.
1: Like Dickens.
0: A bit like Dickens, yeah. And he's a bit Dickensian in his kind of social commentary as well, Mm. I would say. He's, you know, I I don't know that much about him personally, but his plays certainly are, you see a lot about kind of the the plight of the average person and he's, he's quite thoughtful
1: about. Okay, so you wouldn't say that they were decadent?
0: A... No, they're not decadent. No, he's not a decadent playwright. Did you just fart? <laughs> no,
1: no, someone's doing gardening, like... <laughs> I didn't fart. It's like a buzzsaw next to it. What do you think my fast sound like? Well, it
0: like? went
1: like... <laughs> no, let me take my headphones off. Come on, there's a, there's a constant soaring. No, no,
0: but there was a noise. A quick one. So you have Decker and you have Raleigh. And then you have Ford. And John Ford... He's kind of the new guy on the scene at this point. So he's the new kid on the block. He's sort of the new kid on the block. He's got some great pop hits and now he's, yeah. he's been <laughs> he's now. brought up to the big leagues with the, the well-established Rowley and Decker. So he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's an apprentice on this because that's a like kind of specific actual thing that people did. Mm. But he's sort of the the young buck or the, the less known name of those three yeah. at this point in time. And what's interesting about Ford is the plays that he is best known for now are really horrific bloody tragedies. Mm. And bloody is in, like, actually, actually, like, gory, not like English swearing.
1: Bloody, <laughs> bloody good playwright. Ford
0: and his bloody tragedies. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh, so he wrote Tis Pity, She's a Whore, um, which, spoiler alert, involves a... pause uh, no, No weirdly, no, it involves, uh, a, his pregnant, the, the, it involves incest. Um, and the brother is so jealous of his sister who has gone and married somebody else because of course she did. And she's pregnant with, I think his child, or it might be her husband's child. Maybe it's unclear. It's been a while since I read it, but anyway, her brother is so jealous of the fact that she's having a baby with somebody else that he, stabs her and kills her while she's still pregnant and cuts her heart out and carries it on his dagger into, I think her wedding banquet, Um, some kind of banquet anyway, um, and parades around with her heart on his dagger. So that's where Ford goes in his career right? that way.
1: So he's bringing the gore. He's bringing the gore.
0: He's bringing the blood and gore. And I think it's interesting. You can kind of see all three of their threads (laughs) through, Mm. through this play. It is a tragic comedy, uh, which is a, a well-established genre by this so point in time. So, at the
1: end of the play, people die and people get married.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. We have both weddings and and deaths. Um, I don't think we have there's any. There's
1: no other way you could end a play. Those
0: are your options. That's, That's it. it.
1: That's all you got.
0: Wedding and death. Those. You... We also have a very dramatic off-stage death, which I know James will appreciate.
1: You know, I love it when they have really important or really interesting (laughs) scenes that we don't get to see. Yeah, we got a few of those. Especially when you get like some character, we've got no idea who he is or he's got no relevance apart from the fact he's telling us something interesting happened that we don't get to see.
0: Yeah, we have precisely that scenario. Like like the
1: gardener or the, who's the other one, the porter or no, he just tells jokes. Yeah. There's another (laughs) another one, I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Too many of them. It is that sort of scenario. So we have three playwrights that we know of, there might be more. We also have three plots in this play and they do all kind of mix up together. So they're not very distinct from each other, but there's sort of three lines that we can follow. Probably the playwrights divided up the work. So they're mostly each working on one of these Mm. storylines.
1: A plot each.
0: Yeah. So we have kind of the, the love plot, which is Frank Thorny and yeah. Thorny? Thorny. Is
1: he pretty thorny? He
0: is pretty thorny he ends up pricking somebody mm. Ooh. and uh so that that's kind of the the love the romantic plot we have the the kind of witch plot so we have mother sawyer and the dog running through the middle and then we also have cuddy banks and the kind of this kind of comic plot running alongside cuddy banks and his morris dancers yes there is morris dancing in this play
1: Mm, you know, I love a bit of Morris dance. I don't
0: now. know anything about Morris dancing. <laughs> like,
1: I don't know anything about Morris dancing. Mm. People get some bells on and yeah. jangle around the place. Do
0: blackface. Um, do they? I think so. Um, okay, what? so the, the very first scene we have Frank Thorny, and the stage direction tells us Winifred with child. So she's pregnant.
1: So she's not just kidnapped a random child.
0: No. <laughs> it's like, here's this kid I found. Winifred is is with child. So she's pregnant and we learn that they've just gotten married, but they have done this in secret. And Frank is really, really anxious that his father not find out about the marriage um, because his father doesn't think the marriage is a good idea. And he says uh, a line that I think you'll appreciate, James. Fathers are one by degrees. Um, So a little bit at a time. (laughs) Mm. You don't win over a father immediately. It, it takes, you know, like, like water washing over a stone. You just got to erode them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Winifred is being sent away to stay with Frank's uncle. And he says he'll come and see her at least once a month.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's frequent.
0: <laughs> yeah. For, for,
1: for newlyweds. For
0: newlyweds. <laughs> so yeah, she's not that happy about that. Um, and she is worried that he'll be unfaithful to her. So Frank uh, re-swears his wedding vows and they kiss and she leaves. Okay. So we've met Winifred. In comes Sir Arthur Clarington, who is the guy that Frank works for. So Frank and Winifred are both servants of Sir Arthur. That's how they met.
1: But a servant loving.
0: Sir Arthur (laughs) scolds Frank for getting Winifred pregnant and he says that he should marry her and he promises to give him £200 to help support them if Frank will marry her. And Frank is like, that's convenient because we just got married. And he calls in the favour, but he... Also says to Sir Arthur, like, please don't tell my dad, Old Thorny, about this.
1: Is he called Old Thorny? He is called Old Thorny. Wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I don't know what his actual name is, but he's called Old Thorny. And Frank asks Sir Arthur to keep it a secret from Old Thorny. And he even asks Sir Arthur to lie for him until he can get his father's inheritance. Um, And Sir Arthur agrees. So Sir Arthur writes him a letter or signs a letter that Frank has written that says, I solemnly attest and swear that... Frank Thorny is not married to anybody.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Yep. So going to, going to great lengths. Yeah. To keep his dad in the dark. Frank leaves. Winifred comes back. It reveals that she and Sir Arthur have actually had sex and the baby might or might not be Sir Arthur's baby.
1: Ooh. Um,
0: and now that Frank is sending Winifred off to her uncle, Sir Arthur's like, all right, so now you'll be all alone. We can get it on all the time. And Winifred's like, no, I just got married. She's like, Sir Arthur, do not study to add to your lascivious lust the sin of sacrilege. I thought you'd appreciate the alliteration bonus there.
1: The sin of sacrilege or the s- lavigious-
0: lascivious lust.
1: Don't say it. Lascivious <laughs> You've lust. Had too much whiskey. Yeah, too much whiskey. I've had <laughs> half a
0: <laughs> had half a-, <laughs> a single. Yeah. Lascivious lust. The mm. sin of sacrilege, double alliteration bonus. So Arthur's very unhappy about this. He says a pox on your honesty. and Ooh, he a pox he, A pox. And he calls her as changeable a baggage as ever cousined knight.
1: Wow, calling a woman a baggage is it's rude. It's rude. It's rude. As a what a knight?
0: As ever cousined a knight tricked a, a nobleman. Wow. Yep.
1: scheming luggage. It's rude.
0: It's very rude. So he's he's upset about this. Meanwhile, next scene, Old thorny, Franks dad is setting up a marriage agreement with Old Carter.
1: They're all just called Old? They're all just right? called...
0: Everyone's dad is called Old. Yeah. Okay. There's Old old Thorny, Old Banks, Old Carter.
1: Old Bastard.
0: Old Ratcliffe. <laughs> yeah, they are all Old Bastard. <laughs> so Old Thorny, Frank's dad, setting up a marriage agreement with Old Carter, who is the father of Susan. And Susan is in love with Frank. Suser, Suser? Susan <laughs> and Catherine, uh, who's her sister come in with their other suitors who are called, you'll love this, Warbeck and Somerton.
1: Mm, like Perkin Warbeck? Yeah. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I mean, I don't think it is Perkin Warbeck, but it's, yes, the same name.
1: Oh, oh it's not like a, a a reference to... It
0: could be? I don't know.
1: I don't know who Summerton is.
0: Yeah, Summerton. Warbeck and Summerton. I know
1: Summertown is a part of Oxford.
0: Well, there you go. Maybe that's where he's <laughs> from. So old Carter says that his daughters can choose husbands for themselves with his consent. Ooh, wow! So he's, yeah, old Carter is very kind of like open-minded. Aggressive. He's, he's a he's a progressive old bastard. He's a progressive Carter. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's he's all right. We like old Carter. Yeah. Warbeck proposes to Susan right then and there, and she turns him down because she loves Frank. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've
1: got ourselves a triangle already. We've well, got ourselves a triangle. It's like two triangles, it's, right? Yeah,
0: we've got overlapping triangles. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Venn diagram with triangles it is. and Frank's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Somerton's having much better luck with Catherine, but Catherine is being I like
1: that. that they, they say that immediately, and then they just go for the, the first woman they see. Each
0: well, no, I think, that, I think <laughs> they've, like- they've been courting these two for. A while.
1: Oh, okay. They're, they're sort of you know they're
0: suitors. They're not like we just ran into you. And her dad's like, you can propose if you want. And they're like, well, okay, no, it's it's been on.
1: Okay, they're been- they're known suitors. Right.
0: Catherine's being very cautious. She wants evidence of Somerton's good intentions before she will agree to marry him. And
1: what, what does evidence of good intentions comprise Well,
0: of? we will find out.
1: Oh, yes.
0: okay. Uh, not a love token, then. Not a love token. <laughs> no, I think she maybe already has that. Ooh. Mm. From Somerton? Maybe. I don't know. Mm. They, they like each other. Who knows what men and women get up to in the countryside of Edmonton.
1: They get down and dirty in the bushes. That's what they do.
0: They might. I don't know. I've never been to Edmonton. Don't know if it's that kind of down. It's true. Yeah. Warbeck is not really taking no for an answer from Sue. And Old Carter says confidentially to Old Thorny that he's not so keen on Warbeck. Um, he only entertains him for Somerton's sake uh, because he says Somerton is an honester man of the two by five pound in every stone weight. Must be pretty honest. I don't know what it means. Yeah. But it's, it's a good thing. I was just
1: thinking of a £5 note, to be honest. So.
0: Yeah, he's, he's as honest as a £5 note. Yeah. yeah.
1: You can't say fairer than that.
0: You can't. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, okay, so Frank comes in and they welcome him. And Warbeck pulls Summerton aside to complain about Frank. And Summerton says, look, man, stand down, just ignore him. Whoever wins Susan in the end will be the one who deserves her more. And Warbeck is like, but Frank's just a serving man. He's rude and toffee and annoying. Nobody likes him. Everyone else goes into dinner and Frank and Old Thorny are left alone on stage. And Old Thorny kind of lays it out for Frank. He's like, look, our estate is in trouble financially. I will lose everything if we don't get this dowry from Susan. And Frank, uh, surprising the audience, goes right away, yeah, sure, of course, I'll marry her.
1: Because he's not married, of course.
0: Because, of course, he's not married, according to his father, as far as his father knows. According um, to the Thornster. Yeah. Well, so he thinks, but his father challenges him on it and says, didn't you just marry Winifred today? Oh, you're no son of mine, you stupid lying ass hat. What are you doing? How did he know that? Well, we don't know how he knew. Just rumor mill, I guess. Word mm. gets out. Frank denies, 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 denies it. He's got a great line where he says, what do you take me for, an atheist?
1: Wow. Because
0: <laughs> apparently atheists... That's the are... worst
1: thing you can say to someone yeah. in whatever this play was written, 16... 1620s. 12, oh, later, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what do you take me for, an atheist? Because mm. apparently atheists are bigamists, I guess? I don't know. Old Thorne doesn't believe him, so Frank pulls out Sir Arthur's letter. And uh, Sir Arthur's letter states, he's not married, I swear to it, here's my signature... And so old Thorny is convinced, and he apologizes. Hmm. Loud groans from the audience. Old Carter and young Sue come back, and they all celebrate the engagement and decide that the wedding will be tomorrow. Wow! Mm-hmm.
1: And they could, they got their venue in a day.
0: I mean, it's Edmonton. How many weddings? are happening there's only like 10 people in this whole village that's true
1: but there's probably only one (laughs) wedding venue in the whole village that's true I don't know I don't know just in the garden
0: I think yeah I think old Carter has like a lot of land so he's Uh, doing it at his place everybody's happy but Frank has a very ominous aside he says no man can hide his shame from heaven that views him in vain he flees whose destiny pursues him dum 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 Alright. So this
1: is the love plot.
0: This is the love plot. This is Love Island. This is Love Island. And it's all of Act 1.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: We've come through Act 1. We're in Act 2. We meet Mother Sawyer, who is the... Not related to
1: Tom Sawyer. Not
0: related to Tom Sawyer. No. Many uh, centuries (laughs) earlier. (laughs) She is an old woman and...
1: She's not old Sawyer then?
0: No, she's Mother Sawyer. Because Mother is like old, but...
1: A woman. Yeah. Otherwise it'd be what, Lady Sawyer? Or lady Sawyer. No, but
0: she's not a lady. Young Sawyer. She's very poor. She's, I think, maybe even homeless. And right. she is trying to gather some sticks to make a fire to warm herself. Um, but she's on Old Banks' land.
1: Old Banks? Old Banks. Like Philip Banks?
0: Yes. Yes. Or like a river bank. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Old Banks. And she has this great speech that she introduces herself to us with. Um, And I'm going to read you a little bit of it because I like it a lot. So her very first line in the whole play. And why on me? Why should the envious world throw all their scandalous malice upon me? Because I am poor, deformed and ignorant and like a bow buckled and bent together by some more strong in mischiefs than myself. Must I for that be made a common sink for all the filth and rubbish of men's tongues to run and fall into? Wow. Yeah. Common sink. Common sink. I knew you'd like that phrase. It's a good phrase. It is a good phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, with all the rubbish going down, I was more thinking like a urinal or something. Well,
0: but... I guess in the early 17th century, you were pissing, kind of all the same.
1: You were pissing in the sink.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you would just like a common sink would be like a common filth pit, right? In the town. Yeah. I guess so, a filth
1: pit wouldn't be as,
0: <laughs> not as <nice laughs> poetic. As, not as nice in the poetry. A common filth pit. <laughs> no. Common sink is a great phrase, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this is the first time she expresses a sentiment that she has kind of several times in the play, where she says that people call her a witch, but she's not a witch. But since they keep saying it, she sort of starts to believe it herself. Mm. So we get that the seed of that that kind of social justice tidbit kind of coming in early. Mm. This is very Decker esque. So they, she says that they they enforce this upon me narrative yeah this narrative she says they enforce this they enforce upon me and in part make me to credit it so make me believe it because i hear it so often in comes old banks um and he's not very happy because she's stealing his sticks
1: oh yeah those high high value sticks yeah those
0: high value tiny sticks that he doesn't need to get those sticks in his boutique in his stick boutique
1: stick boutique
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) old banks is a stick boutique he calls her a witch he makes her drop the sticks and he beats her up Cause why not?
1: With the sticks yeah. for extra irony.
0: Yeah. Cause why not? She curses him. He beats her again. And when he finally leaves, she asks how she can become a witch. Um. How she's like how where can I find a familiar? Because mm. I'm sick of this and I need to take back some of the some of the power. Power to the wishes. Now we get our first taste of Cuddy Banks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He comes in with a group of his Morris dancers. They have some clowning around about the dance. That they're preparing and then they spot mother sawyer and they taunt her and they say away away with the witch of edmonton so more evidence that people are just rude to this poor old woman yeah yeah they leave and mother sawyer has another great speech where she asks again for some help um she asks for satanic interventions and she says tis all one to be a witch as to be counted one yeah, right. if people yeah, are going to say
1: I'm a witch, may as well just be a witch.
0: I may as well get the benefit of it. Yeah. may as well actually have some powers. And to her great surprise, in comes the dog.
1: Ah. The black
0: dog. And he says, ho, have I found the cursing? Now that ho? It's a bit insulting. Not ho, like ho. <laughs> ho like hello. <laughs> like,
1: like, yeah, Westwood ho. Yeah, whatever.
0: like, hey. <laughs> hey, ho. No, not like that. He says, Have I found thee cursing? Now thou art mine own. And he reveals to her that he is the devil. Mm. hmm And he's come to give thee just revenge against thy foes. Mm. Yes. Uh, but first, she has to give him a deed of gift of soul and body.
1: Ah, she's mm-hmm. gonna sell her soul.
0: Yeah. Very Faustian. Yes. Right? You can have you can have revenge, but you belong to the devil now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And he says the gift has to be made uncompelled, so he can't force her to do it. Right. But then he also threatens to tear her into a thousand pieces if she doesn't.
1: Well, that just seems stupid. Yeah. Who's this guy think he is?
0: Uh, I think he thinks he's (laughs) the devil.
1: This dog. He's barking orders at her.
0: He is. He is barking orders at her. Yeah. Bow wow. Bow wow. He's, um, you know, the only evil dog to ever have existed.
1: Is he talking in English or is he is he just barking? He's
0: talking in English, but not everyone in the play can understand him.
1: Right. So it's like a special devil language. Yes. Yes. Everyone else is just like, what's that dog barking at? Yeah. Oh, not- that dog doesn't like that that old witch.
0: Well, the dog likes that old witch a lot. Yeah. She's her familiar.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. So obviously she agrees because he's going to tear her into a thousand pieces otherwise. And she
1: can't even get some sticks. So. She can't
0: even get some sticks. And uh, he sucks her blood and then there's thunder and lightning.
1: So he's like a vampiric dog.
0: Yeah, it's like it's a thing that they believed about witches, right? That they would have like a special teat for the devil somewhere on their body that the devil sucked their blood witches? from. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Like a third nipple?
0: Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. So if you had like a birthmark or a, yeah, They'd an actual like, Witch! nipple. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep.
1: That's your devil's suck hole.
0: It is. That's what they thought.
1: That sounds like some, I don't know, like, you know, you get um, certainly in England and, and Great Britain, you have those like like random hill or something and they'll call it all oh, the devil's trumpet or something. Yeah. Like the devil's suck hole.
0: It, does. Yeah, so- it sounds like some kind of like beautiful valley yeah. in Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the English. They have great names for towns. Yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show yet, but James and I moved recently and we now live near a town called Fingering Hoe. And it gives us no end of pleasure, really. Yeah. It's just every time we drive past the sign.
1: And the witch probably knows it. She's a hoe as I'm well. I'm sure so. she does,
0: yeah. Hoe, we've found her cursing. Well, the
1: hoes know each other.
0: Yeah, that's how it works. So Mother Sawyer lets him suck her blood. And then he says, great, tell me tell me what you want me to do. And she commands him to kill Banks, who's her main antagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the dog says he can't kill him because... Though he be cursed to thee, yet of himself he's loving to the world. Men as he love goodness though in smallest measure live without compass of the devil's reach. Right. Right. So, so he's quite useless then. He's quite yeah, he's sort of a useless devil so far. <laughs> it's like, well, you can't even kill the bad guy. What good are you?
1: Yeah, she's probably thinking "Oh, He's he's yeah. swindled me.
0: I mean, it's a, it's in some ways it's a surprisingly like nuanced take on the devil that Yeah, he draws normally a the devil
1: can kind of do whatever right
0: right and his it's interesting because he says to mother sawyer like anytime you're cursing the devil can find you right so anytime you're you're sort of yeah cursing at somebody the devil is is nearby but then old banks who has literally beat up an old lady he's like no he's too good i can't kill him
1: because beating up old ladies is
0: not as bad as cursing apparently yeah stand up guy yeah he's all right
1: for stealing sticks (laughs) yeah that capital offense, right? Stick stealing,
0: right? <laughs> so, uh, instead, the dog says that he can work on Banks's corn and cattle, so he's gonna oh, right. blight his crops and his livestock.
1: What about the cattle? I mean, that's unfair. I know cow. the
0: poor cows, they didn't, oh, they anything. were looking
1: forward to being slaughtered. <laughs> maybe
0: they're milk cows, maybe they're not getting slaughtered.
1: That's true. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, he then teaches Mother Sawyer how to pray to the devil in Latin. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then he goes off to torment Banks. Bye-bye. Cuddy Banks comes back in. And Mother Sawyer curses him using the Latin that the dog taught her. Um, And Cuddy Banks is afraid because he doesn't understand Latin. He doesn't know what's happening. And he thinks this person is a witch. But as she's a witch, he gives her some money and then asks her for a favor. Ah. And this is where our plots start kind of crossing over each other. Right, okay. Cuddy Banks is in love with Kate Carter, the younger sister In the uh, old Carter family. The Carter
1: household. The Carter
0: household. He says that Kate Carter has bewitched him and he wants Mother Sawyer to either uncurse him or to make Kate fall in love with him as well. And Mother Sawyer decides to toy with him because this is the son of her enemy. And so she takes his money and agrees to help and she summons the dog to bring scandal and disgrace upon him. So the dog leaves uh, and Mother Sawyer says to Cuddy tomorrow night Go to your father's peas field after sunset.
1: Peas field? Peas like field. Like peas.
0: Like a field of peas. Yeah. Mm. Follow the first living thing that you see in the peas field. And that creature will take you to your love. And she says that Kate might resist you, but just embrace her in your arms and then she's yours forever.
1: Okay. Yep. Sounds great for Kate.
0: Yeah. Kate's come out really well in this. Well, but wait, because it's all a trick. Okay. So Cuddy is thrilled um, and he leaves. Meanwhile... Meanwhile,
1: meanwhile,
0: (laughs) old Carter and Warbeck and Summerson come back. Warbeck is sad that Frank and Sue are getting married. The newlyweds arrive. Everyone wishes them well. Sue Sue pulls Frank aside and is like, you're acting weird. What's going on? Have I upset you somehow? Frank denies it. She starts crying. You know how it is. It's women crying. And he tries to reassure her, but she persists and she demands to know what's going on. And he says, "Okay, listen, a fortune teller told me once that I would have two wives. I was destined to have two wives. And she's like, so you're afraid I'm going to die? And he goes, no, no, Winifred, no. And she's like, I'm not Winifred. Who's Winifred?
1: Rookie mistake. Rookie
0: mistake. (laughs) Remember? the name of the woman he's not learned in.
1: anything from bigamy school
0: he literally has not i mean he's we know he's not an atheist he told us yeah. so he clearly is a, a novice at this whole bigamy he's, thing yeah. so he brushes it off and he's sort of,
1: atheists <laughs> and they're bigamy
0: yeah well-known thing so he brushes it off and he's like oh no no sorry i'm thinking of something else um he sort of tries to tell her he, just, she he doesn't, doesn't
1: say oh no sorry i was thinking of my other wife yeah
0: he kind of does <laughs> but she doesn't really get it because after all, on your wedding day, who is thinking, oh, it must be his other wife?
1: There, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. So, and she's like, well, you can just marry this Winifred person after I'm dead then. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 I don't want you to die. But he says, I, I do have to leave for a bit. And she jumps straight to assuming that he's going to duel Warbeck, who's the guy wow. that wanted Sue. The right.
1: To right, yeah, okay.
0: And she's like, oh, that whole stupid story with the fortune teller and the two wives, you made that up to throw me off the scent because you knew I wouldn't want you to duel. You you thought I would stop you, and you're right, I am gonna stop you. I'm now not leaving your side till you and Warbeck are friends. Okay. Alright. And that's the end of that scene.
1: Right.
0: So we're into act three. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Cuddy Banks and his Morris dance and buds are <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a band. Possibly
1: in, or possibly not in blackface.
0: I think they're not because they're not actually Morris dancing right now. No. So they're just preparing for their Morris dance. um, It's the night before the dance is happening tomorrow. But Cuddy Banks tells them he needs to go and do a private errand first. And they... Oh. Yeah. Because he's got to go and...
1: He's got to go and... Capture Kate. Capture
0: yes. Kate. Yes. They tease him for being in love and he insists on... Uh, having a witch is one of the characters in the Morris dance, and then he lets the others leave to go and prepare. He says, Go and go and get the, the barber's boy to be the witch in their dance. Yeah, he's
1: well up for it, that barber's boy. Yeah, you he know. He loves him. it. He's got his own hat and everything.
0: He has. He's ready. He's got the stockings. And he's broom. got a broom. Yeah. I mean he works in a barber's. He's gotta have a broom. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Cuddy's left alone. And remember his his task from Mother Sawyer is that he has to follow the first living creature he sees so who do you think enters? Dog the dog, yes Um, the dog comes on and he leads Cuddy Banks to a spirit who is in the shape of Catherine Mm. and she's visited visited? yeah, masked got a mask over her face the spirit leads Cuddy Banks off stage and then there's a splash and a shout and he re-enters and he's soaking wet Mm -hmm. he fell in the river
1: Right, following the spirit. Following the spirit. It's quite an elaborate way of getting more. It's, it's him an
0: elaborate ruse. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, but he's embarrassed, obviously. Right. So the dog laughs at him and Cuddy Banks threatens the dog, the dog barks, and Cuddy Banks concedes that it was all his own fault. He was being very stupid after all. And the dog says, Take heed how thou trustest the devil another time. Mm. And Cuddy Banks is like, You can talk? Talking and the dog's dog? like, Yeah, fool, I can talk. Can you talk? And Cuddy Banks is like, I'm talking now. And they make friends. Oh. hmm And the dog promises Cuddy Banks, dogs love where they are beloved. Cherish me and I'll do anything for thee. Mm. hmm He does not demand a blood sacrifice from Cuddy Banks. Oh, so
1: they, they are buds. It's not a They're just trick.
0: buds. Yeah, they're just buds. Oh, interesting. Um, and Cuddy Banks promises him lots of stolen food, which the dog says is his favourite kind of food, because he's the devil. Yeah. Because he loves stolen food. To quote
1: uh, Peepshow, the secret ingredient is crime.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, Cuddybanks asks the dog to join in the Morris dance the next day and the dog says he will um, but that only Cuddybanks will be able to see him. Mm. And the dog says he's going to work a mischief on Somerton who is the other suitor for Kate, Catherine's hand, um, before the end of the Morris dance. Right. Mm-hmm. Act 3, scene 2. Enter Frank and Winifred dressed as a boy weeping.
1: What? <laughs> yes. So... They got so far in the play, and they're like, "No one's dressed up as the opposite sex yet." <laughs>
0: yeah, we haven't had any gender switches. What? What is wrong with them What Come are we doing, in. guys? Yeah. Tom, you had a gender switch yet? Nah. Will you? No. John, you done one? Nah. Etc. What about you? Yeah. No. I
1: think I blame etc.
0: Blaming it. Et blame it et I mean, yeah. we're all we're halfway through Act Three. It's it's late. This is late in the game, guys. To be introducing yeah. a gender switch. Also, keep in mind Winifred is pregnant like visibly pregnant because the very first stage direction in the entire play is that she enters with child.
1: Enters with child. So was she now is she what just supposed to be like a fat lad or something?
0: I guess yeah, just a chunky boy. A chunky boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, enter Frank and Winifred dressed as a boy. They're attempting to flee with Sue's dowry money. Right. Which Frank thinks is a brilliant plan
1: dress up as a boy and we'll get out of there
0: yeah we'll flee town with the dowry money and we can we can go somewhere where nobody knows us and we can start a new life together right sure great plan frank winifred is weeping because she thinks this is a terrible plan she's upset about the whole second marriage thing which he did not run by her before he went and did it and she's pregnant yeah <laughs> of course she's a little bit weepy
1: best time to go on the run is when you're pregnant isn't yeah it?
0: that is the best time to go on the run Susan comes in to say goodbye to Frank, who she thinks is just off traveling, I guess. And she insists on saying farewell to the boy, who's Winifred, also. And she gives the boy an earring so that the boy might remember he hath my jewel, i.e. Frank, and promises a reward with Frank's safe return. Winifred's still crying this entire time.
1: And she's not going, Oh, free jewels.
0: No, she's going like, this is awful. This is yeah. my husband's other wife who yeah. doesn't know that he was first married to me
1: i guess that he's at least he's picked winifred though right
0: but poor susan <laughs> yeah. susan actually loves him susan yeah. has no does idea does winifred love him yes i think she does
1: what is the appeal of frank
0: <laughs> i think frank might just be like the only halfway eligible bachelor in right town.
1: if it him or what was it cutty him or warback cutty banks. banks like what's cutty banks is like a clown yeah rich clown
0: I don't know how rich he is. Well, I think he's Banks. He's Banks, Banks. Banks. Yeah.
1: I thought he was sort of a toff.
0: I think I don't know if he's a toff, but I think he's yeah. Well, a yeoman. A yeoman. Yes, I think he is in fact a yeoman.
1: There you go. Um, he's sort of not quite
0: into yeah. the upper echelons. also he's a doofus. I mean, have you met this guy?
1: What, Curti Banks? Yeah. I can't say I've had the pleasure, but
0: <laughs> from what you know of him so far,
1: he sounds alright. Yeah. He likes I mean, swimming.
0: He likes swimming. He's friends with a dog. Yeah. What more could you want? Sounds
1: like a right laugh.
0: Yeah. Frank is like the the Warner of Legally Blonde, right? He's the guy that right.
1: like <laughs> I got those like Warner Brothers then. No. <laughs>
0: what? He's he's Elle's first boyfriend in Legally Blonde, right? right? Like he's the guy that on paper you think like, okay, he comes from a good family, he's going places, like things look okay, but actually he's an asshole. And mm. people only figure that out when it's too late, unfortunately.
1: He's all about Frank.
0: He's all about Frank. So, Winifred's still crying. Frank sends her away with his sword to the hilltop to wait for him um, and then stays to say goodbye to Susan. Bit of a tongue twister. And Susan's really dragging out this farewell, right? Because she just wanted to go. They got married yesterday. And Frank starts to get really annoyed and the dog enters looking for trouble. Mm. This is where. I am like 100% certain that John Ford's hand is in this scene because it gets real bloody real fast. Cool. Yeah. So the dog sees Frank and Sue fighting and he rubs up against Frank's leg, you know, the way that dogs do.
1: Yes. It happened earlier today. It did. It
0: happened on our walk. A dog nosed me in the leg. It was very sweet. Not an evil dog.
1: No, it wasn't a black dog. It wasn't the devil.
0: It wasn't the devil. It was just a normal dog. Unfortunately,
1: it wasn't the devil. It was just a
0: normal dog. She just wanted pets. And, anyway, this evil dog rubs on Frank's leg, and this makes Frank immediately very murderous, and he pulls his knife on Sue.
1: Ah, so the dog is exerting some sort of...
0: Evil force. Evil. Yes. Yeah. And Susan, good wife that she is, says, okay, fine, kill me, I'm okay with that, but tell me why first. (laughs) What?
1: Wow, we're talking new levels of obedient wives. I know,
0: right? If you pulled a knife on me, I would be like, what the fuck, man?
1: (laughs) You would be like
0: I would fight you.
1: Darling, I'm very happy to die, but could you please tell me why?
0: (laughs) I would fight you.
1: (laughs) I'd hope so. (laughs) Um,
0: and Frank says, Well, I'm killing you because you're a whore. Wow. Yep, because I was already married when I married you, and that makes you a whore. Somehow this has become her fault?
1: that logic does not make sense it does it's like when so i mean i don't know if it happens now but certainly when when i was growing up hmm. um you might have like other like boys would be like oh you fancy a girl that's so gay it's like that kind of logic
0: yeah i don't like <laughs> lads. is it gay to be in love <laughs> <laughs> just it it makes sense in the period i guess because keep in mind we're like Strong patriarchy vibes. Mm-hmm. So even though she didn't know, she still spoiled goods for like another husband that might come along.
1: Yeah, but only because of him, right?
0: Right. But that's not how they see they it.
1: They see it. Okay. Yeah. so she... Your fault. You didn't know I was a bigamist.
0: Yeah. And she kind of buys this logic because she... <laughs> Just wait. So he stabs this, her. This is
1: where the misogynometer is kind of creeping up. Yeah,
0: it's creeping up. We were doing okay.
1: It wasn't too bad. <laughs>
0: we had the whole bigamy thing, but you know all right so he stabs her and she says oh it's better this way because otherwise i might have lived in sin for years and now you're killing me and i've only had like a day of being a bigamist but i could have had years and years and you would never have told me and that would have been worse for my soul okay yeah uh and not then, buying
1: the logic but fine yeah
0: so he stabs her again <laughs> again, he's, again he's, he's
1: enjoying that he isn't stabs he? her a lot. he's having a fun he
0: stabs her quite a few times and this is why i think it's ford <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't get a lot of stabbing in Decker. No. Probably like sometimes he does those tragedies in Middleton, those are pretty dark. But yeah, this Ford is, loves This feels very forty to me, the whole two different lovers and stabbing. Mm-hmm. She says her like death speech, right? Is Thou art my husband, Death, and I embrace thee with all the love I have. Forget the stain of my virgin uh, my unwitting sin, and then I come a crystal virgin to thee. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then, with her last breath, she forgives Frank and begs God to forgive him also. And then she dies,
1: yeah, yeah. I do't even know what to say. Uh, it's
0: it just it comes out of nowhere. like <laughs> like, okay, Frank's a dick, but he's not like a murderer, dick,
1: yeah, but that's because the dog, yeah. but I just don't understand why she's so like happy to go along with being killed
0: because because
1: it's gonna save her soul
0: because men wrote this play, yeah and she's supposed to be like the the whole thing is about like good and evil right like so the the devil the devil the dog is like bad and he can't infect you if you're good so even though she's dying she's like still pure of heart and and still kind of right, right. with god at the end
1: i get the sense it sounds quite written does that make sense
0: yes Yes,
1: it, it's not what someone would actually say, or what of they would say. Of course not. No. It's very much like, oh well, I'm a writer. I'm trying to go thematically with the it's ideas very, of good, and um, evil. And
0: I mean, it's, it's very yeah. what would Jesus do? You know, literally forgiving your killers at the moment that you're dying. It's a very what would Jesus do moment. But I don't think most humans can rise to that level. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Maybe Sue is a literal saint. It's. I also think it's interesting that maybe like, she just loves death. She just really is into death. She's a goth. You know, it's a thing.
1: She did say she wanted to marry death or something, didn't she? She,
0: uh, yes, she did. That was when she was dying. She said that. So yeah, I, um, I mean, I think it's interesting too that like we know certainly today there are a lot of cases where men become jealous or they're um, just abusive from the start or they're you know unhappy or whatever and they do like turn to murdering women really alarmingly fast. Like there's a, you know a lot of murders Mm -hmm. of women in the world happen because their partners are unhappy for some reason or they've gotten themselves into trouble or because she turned him down or because she left him or whatever. So I think this this kind of turn for Frank is not that unrealistic, but I think it's interesting that it's been attributed to like, oh, the devil touched him and that's what made him violent. Mm. When actually the kind of dude that Frank is, Sort of by. I, I would might...
1: say that it's it's within Frank and that the, the dog being there is sort of he's bringing it to the surface. Exactly, That's what I would I would say. Yeah, or, or making him jump, sort of, quite like animalistic. That you know where your yeah. logic or your rationality might kick in and go, no, what? What that's 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 a terrible appropriate That's not appropriate. Yeah. That's not yeah. um, that's not what my reaction would be. That devil touch is sort of just, just he's just yeah. lost the kind of filter.
0: Exactly. This isn't something Mother Sawyer asked him to do, by the way. The dog is he's just having, the dog is he's gone broke. Yeah, he's in Edmonton. He's gonna live it up.
1: Yeah, he's living at large in Edmonton.
0: Yeah. So then, to cover up what he's done, Frank wounds himself with his knife, and the dog helps to tie him to a tree, and then he shouts wow, for help.
1: That's an ambidextrous dog.
0: Yeah. Right. It's really impressive.
1: Yeah, that dog. Wow.
0: The dog, who is actually the devil, to be fair to him. That's true. Um, helps him get tied to a tree, and and he shouts for help. And Old Carter and Old Thorny come running in. They see the horrible scene. Frank tries to pin it on Warbeck and Somerton. And he says, they're the ones that have killed her. Um, And there's a horrible moment where Old Carter sort of casts off Sue because she's dead and she doesn't answer him when he speaks to her. So he says, when I speak, I look to be spoken to, forgetful slut. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Processing grief really well is Old Carter. But then he weeps, for he says the first time in twenty years since Sue, since before Sue was born, um, he's very sad about it.
1: Because she's her uh, his son, uh, daughter.
0: Yes, she's
1: <laughs> son. His, she's. His I daughter. don't know. there's gender switch is going on. It could. Be, <laughs> I don't know.
0: It could be anything. She's his daughter. Yeah. Um,
1: and a f- forgetful slut.
0: And a forgetful slut. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's very loving towards his children.
0: He is so loving. All right. So, Act Three, Scene Four. Sir Arthur and Warbeck and Somerton come on to see the Morris dance. You'll love this. Sawgut the fiddler. Sawgut? Yeah, because the strings are made of ah, um, animal gut. guts. Yeah, so he saws the guts on his Very fiddle. Very literal. Very literal name. Sawgut sets the stage. Cuddybanks enters late with his hobby horse and the dog at his heels.
1: A hobby horse? This
0: is apparently a feature of the Morris dance that yeah, somebody the hobby is horse. the hobby horse. Yeah, Isn't
1: it in... Um- that film.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, it is.
1: Oh God, what's it called? The one on the island with the uh, the Wicker Man.
0: Probably, I've never yeah, seen. it I've never seen
1: Wicker Man. Yeah, I'm a big. I would kid. highly recommend watching the Nicholas Cage remake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, even I've heard of that. <laughs> you can't believe. With the me. lovely
1: edition of bees.
0: Bees, I'm a giant scaredy cat. Um, for those yeah. who don't know me, I can't handle even pretty mild horror. Like mm. Stranger Things was my maximum. I
1: don't know if it's like horror, horror. Mm. It's more like weird and unsettling.
0: Yeah. But that's almost worse, because then your imagination starts running. Mm. That's this is my problem. I've got too active okay. an imagination. So I can't do horror. Okay, so Cuddy Banks comes on late, he's the hobby horse. Um, the dog is with him, but no one else can see the dog. They start they try to start the dance, um, and Saga picks up his fiddle, but the fiddle will not play. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And he says it must be bewitched. But Cuddy Banks takes it and he says, well, I can play and dance. He's going to have Ooh, a bit. I can do both. I can do both. You loser. He, he can't, but the dog can make the fiddle play.
1: Ah. So he
0: sort of pretends to play the fiddle and the dog makes the music. It's so he's
1: like lip syncing.
0: Yeah, basically. Fiddle syncing. Fiddle syncing with the dog. And they all dance. Uh, but the constable comes in and interrupts the Ooh. dance. And he arrests Warbeck and Somerton as murderers.
1: On the evidence of Frank's sword,
0: Frank. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was tied to a tree. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, he couldn't have done that himself. They don't know about the dog yet. They don't know about... They don't know uh, about the dog.
1: Senior Woofston.
0: <laughs> Senior Woofston. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Act 4. Woo! This is when it still all starts kicking off. Ooh. All the men of the town, including Old Banks, are very upset because their livestock are sick and their wives are cheating on them and blaming it on being bewitched. So everybody's just blaming Mother Sawyer for all, all the ills that are befalling them. Right. Mr. Hamlock enters.
1: Mr. Hamlock.
0: Hamlock. H-A-M-L-U-C. Hamlock. Hamlock.
1: Did he sort of win the pig lottery or something? I
0: guess, yeah. He's got lucky hams. <laughs> and he has a handful of thatch from Mother Sawyer's roof.
1: Oh, he's been thatching.
0: He's been thatching because, apparently if You light the thatch of a witch's roof on fire, she'll come running. So it's a test. I think of-
1: anyone will come running, running if you set no, their you roof on set, fire. You don't set
0: it on there if you steal thatch from the roof. Oh,
1: right. And then you, you just light set it. On
0: fire <laughs> yeah.
1: And they'll come running.
0: <laughs> what a shock. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of the witch tests are like that, but this That's, one isn't, yeah. isn't quite that bad. Um, so the idea is that. It's a test to see if she's a witch. Because if they light this handful of thatch on fire and she comes, then she must be a witch. So they burn the thatch, and of course, in comes Mother Sawyer cursing them. Um, and they say this thatch is as good as a jury to prove she's a witch.
1: Oh, thatch jury. As
0: good as a jury. Must That's be pretty some good.
1: yeah legal some thatch.
0: Good. We all know juries are completely unbiased and not yeah. problematic at all. Yeah, we need
1: to get thatches back in. That's what we need to do. Yep,
0: yeah. yeah. get the thatch burning. Yeah. So they uh, they then gang up on her and they beat her and they set her on fire and they kick her and they become this angry mob beating up an old woman. Mm -hmm. And she cries for help. And in comes Sir Arthur with the justice. And the justice uh, scolds Old Banks for beating up an old lady, as he should. And Old Banks protests and says, but we set her thatch on fire. And the justice is like, look, we're going to need more proof than that in order to prosecute her as a witch. Not disputing that witches are a thing, but you can't just go set an old lady's roofs on fire and telling me she's a witch. Very level-headed, Justice. He is, he is. Quite level-headed. So then Old Banks tells a story, which I think you will really enjoy, about how he, uh, the other day, felt compelled to go to his cow and lift up the cow's tail and, saving your worship's reverence, kiss my cow's behind.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Kiss the cow's ass?
0: Yep. Okay unclear how much of a kiss this is is their tongue we don't know he later references his cow's lips so is it like cow oral i don't know i don't know enough about cow anatomy to know how close everything is but yeah he's he's if anyone
1: listening does know about cow sex (laughs) he's let us know
0: (laughs) he's giving his cow some form of oral sex right Mm -hmm. and why because he's bewitched why else would he do that
1: He's not just like really horny.
0: No. I mean, he doesn't have a wife as far as we know.
1: So he's resorted to the cows.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: I mean, that was a thing. I, I do know this from. I have some you have area. of history. I do have 0.5 of a history. I we should history have a sound degree.
0: effect for that. Like. Burr, burr, burr.
1: And I um did study witchcraft at one point. So I remember reading a primary source that was a, a description of a man and a horse. And it, it described him he lifted up the tail and it down with his
0: breeches (laughs) yeah that was and of course it was a witch of course
1: it was a witch he he it wasn't just horny and there were no women around and he thought ah there's an animal over there good enough no it was witch witches did everything
0: totally because why would you do that if you weren't bewitched no one would do that so arthur thinks this is hilarious of course and uh the justice sort of shoes the other men away and is like no 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 that's stupid that's stupid so he, uh, the Justice and Sir Arthur are left alone with Mother Sawyer. They interrogate her, um, and she's fantastic. I absolutely love this scene. So I'm going to read you some of it, because I think she's just a little barnstormer.
1: Mm, in a barn? Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, no. They're outdoors. So he, once they're alone, the Justice is like, okay, it's just, just you and me now. Tell me the truth. Are you a witch? And she's like, no. And he's like, don't be so angry. <laughs> 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 she's like i'm not angry (laughs) she says i'm not a witch or would i were if every poor old woman be trod on thus by slaves reviled kicked beaten as i am daily she to be revenged had need turn witch Mm. and the justice is like oh so you're admitting that you've sold your soul to the devil and she's like no (laughs) no (laughs) i could do i could do but i haven't and the justice is like you're too saucy and you're too bitter
1: (laughs) you're too saucy not like saucy oh you saucy no saucy soya
0: no saucy like <laughs> impertinent right yeah and
1: like a sugary ketchup
0: yes like a sugary ketchup <laughs> what no <laughs> i don't well, even know what that, that would be quite impertinent
1: if you were having a sandwich not, not like a bacon sandwich and your ketchup was too sweet that ketchup would be impertinent. quite sweet that would be no but if it was too sweet that would oh, be impertinent would it not
0: I, I don't know is it the ketchup's fault
1: well it's the ketchup it, sounds maker's like fault. it sounds like
0: you're blaming the victim to me well no but the poor ketchup. It can't help how sweet it is.
1: Well, no, it's the ketchup maker's fault.
0: Okay. So, yes, I guess. Like a sugary ketchup.
1: Yes. See, there was logic there.
0: Yeah. And the justice is like, do you even know who I am? And she's like, you're a man. Men in gay clothes whose backs are laden Ooh. with titles and honors. Not gay clothes. <laughs> I know. I was just,
1: <laughs> I was just, just exaggerating that. Gay part.
0: like fancy. I know. I
1: know. I know. But... In that context.
0: No, in this context, <laughs> it does not mean what you were implying.
1: I know, but I just thought it'd be funny.
0: It's a really great line. Yeah.
1: All right, do it again. Do it again. And I will, I will, look, I'm zipping my lips.
0: Okay. He Zippity did. zip. He did zip his lips. Men in gay clothes whose backs are laden with titles and honors are far more crooked than I am. And if I be witch, more witch-like. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she's like, fuck you, Justice. Yeah. You're at least as much of a witch as I am. And she goes on to to sort of name these other witches in society, and unfortunately, she starts out with like sexy women. <laughs> it's a little bit of a well, you know we were doing okay on the kind of social justice front, and now she's like, yeah, those sexy women, they're witches. Oh. Yeah, those women who wear makeup, they're witches. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Just throwing all of her fellow women. There's fellow no solidarity under the in card, this play. There's under the no, card?
1: under the bus.
0: Yeah, there's there's no solidarity in this play. It is written by men. And then, but then she goes on to um, people with loads of money who can.
1: I like that they're somehow like. <laughs> yeah. Number one, sexy women. <laughs>
0: <laughs> number one, women hotter than me, <laughs> witches.
1: Public enemy number one, sexy women.
0: <laughs> How dare they! How
1: dare they be sexy?
0: Um, and then, well, she does. To be fair to her, she says far worse. <laughs> are... or okay. oh no, never mind. She's saying that these women are far worse than her. Okay, so she's, she's they're still they're on the sexy, sexy women. And she says, um, these by enchantments can hold lordships changed to trunks of rich attire. So she, gold diggers, basically, right? Sexy right. women are gold diggers. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she says that uh, gossips and scolds, aren't they witches? Because Ooh. they can ruin people's reputations. She says lawyers are witches because they trick people out of their money. Well, fair.
1: Fair comment.
0: Hashtag fair enough. And uh, anyway, she goes on and on and on. Uh, and then, you know, men that tempt maidens, that tempt virgins, with golden hooks flung at her chastity.
1: Golden hooks? Yeah. Golden it... penises?
0: No. A... <laughs> <laughs> you always jump straight to penises. No, well,
1: he's thrown at their chastity. I mean, is, come yeah. on.
0: It's a. It's quite a common image that you see, that the, like the shiny, the yeah. golden hook is shiny, and that yeah. will tempt the fish. It will tempt right?
1: them in... Yeah. And, yeah.
0: It will tempt tempt the fish to bite, yeah. even though it will kill the fish. And the virgin is the fish. Right. Anyway, eventually they leave her and the justice says to Mother Sawyer, go home and pray.
1: Mm. Mend the I buff. can't charge you now, but I've got my eye on you.
0: Got my eye on you. Yeah, yeah basically. The dog enters and he tells her all the mischief he's been up to.
1: I've been having a great time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've been having so much fun. He comes up fun. barking
1: or... <laughs> yeah. He's like,
0: like a child when you come home and they can't wait to tell you what they did at school.
1: Yeah. It is yeah. it is that Oh, it's so it. funny. I got this guy to like stab his second wife.
0: Yep. Yep. Literally.
1: Yeah. What did you do at school today? <laughs> what
0: did you do at school today? Oh, I murdered this girl. It was great. Yeah. They tickle each other, which sounds fun. And <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, is it to show that the, you know, she's familiar with her familiar
0: yes they yeah. are familiar then mother sawyer says what about anne ratcliffe who almost lamed my pig
1: oh mm-hmm. grave offense
0: because i told you to to go and deal with her and the dog says bow wow wow look here else great line great line in comes anne ratcliffe like
1: little bow wow <laughs> like little
0: bow wow yes in comes anne ratcliffe raving the dog has struck mm. her mad So she's wow. mad she's saying all sorts of nonsense um in come all the men of Edmonton including Old Banks and Anne's husband Old Ratcliffe
1: (laughs) another old dude another
0: old dude some of the men sort of restrain Anne and kind of carry her off um but this is our fabulous offstage death then Ratcliffe comes back uh someone we've never met before by the way this is his only scene Ratcliffe Ratcliffe he comes back and he reports that Anne broke away from all the men beat out her own brains and died
1: okay do we believe him?
0: yes okay Because the dog cursed her. It was quite sad. So Old Banks threatens Mother Sawyer, seizes on this as the opportunity to get her hanged. He also threatens the dog, but Cuddy Banks sticks up for the dog. Oh, He loves that little dog. He loves the dog. That little rascal. Yep, he does. He does. And he (laughs) says, listen, like, it's not the dog's fault. The dog's just a dog. (laughs) And, and yes, he can talk. And yeah, he, yes, might. he can tie rope. <laughs> I mean, he's the devil, but he's a dog. You can't Look hate at those a dog. eyes. <laughs> you can't hate a dog. <laughs> yes. So he, he sticks up for the dog. They decide not to try and hurt the dog. Um, but they all decide that Cuddy Banks has been bewitched also. And they all leave. And Mother Sawyer tells the dog to go after Sir Arthur. But the dog says, no, no, no. He's already got a dog biting at his conscience again interesting place for the devil to draw the line okay yeah all right act four scene two very long scenes in this play
1: that was yeah that was a lot
0: Mm. so we got back to frank who is in bed recovering from his ordeal uh orgasm no, his murdering of his...
1: Right, I thought you said recovering from his ordeal. I thought it was a euphemism.
0: No, I him mean... It, Winifred. I was
1: still dressed up as a boy. <laughs> no.
0: no, she is still dressed up as a boy, <laughs> but I don't think they've been doing it because okay. Frank supposedly was attacked by Warbeck and Somerton, remember? Right, okay. So his sister-in-law, Kate, is sort of looking after him and Frank tells Kate that he wishes he were dead with Sue... She brings him a roast chicken to eat because she says he needs to keep up his strength. And she goes looking in his coat for a knife to carve the chicken. Guess what happens?
1: She finds the bloody knife. She does.
0: She finds the bloody knife in his
1: pocket. And he's like, oh no, cranberry sauce.
0: Well, no, she's very smart. She hides it. And she says, uh. oh, I can't find your knife. I better go get another one. And she leaves to um go and show her dad. Mm hmm. While she's gone, the dog comes in and he taunts Frank with an apparition of a spirit who looks a lot like Susan. And then Winifred comes in, still dressed as a page boy, still pregnant, so not Large
1: page boy. Yeah,
0: rotund page boy. Frank confesses to Winifred that he killed Susan. Meanwhile, Kate shows the bloody knife to her father. Old Carter comes in and accuses Frank and wheels in Susan's coffin to confront him with it like wow. literally wheels her dead body on and is like say it to my face wow yeah intense old old carter i mean fair play to him yeah is, I mean, apart that's... from that whole thing where he called his dead daughter a slut
1: uh, what was it again a... oh
0: yeah he called her a forgetful slut she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't answer <laughs> she was
1: dead and didn't she answer was
0: dead <clears throat> apart wow. from that little slip we stand old carter he's he's Pretty cool. Okay. Um, so he, he wheels in Susan's coffin and like literally like has her dead body like in front of him. And Frank's like, she's looking at me. And Carter's like, she should. You killed her. Mm. Um, and he sends Kate to go and get the officers of the law. Yes. Frank, of course, denies everything. But in the scuffle, old Carter tries to sort of implicate Winifred. And then Frank has to reveal that, no, she's a woman. So please don't hit her. And Winifred then confesses that she is Frank's first only wife, his lawful wife. The officers arrive and old Carter has them both dragged off to jail. Okay. Yeah. Because that's how justice works. Everyone. Everyone to prison. Yes. We'll sort this out later. Yeah. (sighs) All right. We're in act five. Mother Sawyer comes on at the start of act five and she has a long speech about how she feels that the dog has been neglecting her.
1: Ah, he's been getting up to mischief Mm -hmm. with Cuddy, Cuddy Banks.
0: Cuddy Banks and his other pals and he, she hasn't seen him in three days. And this is a problem because she sold her soul to him.
1: Yeah, she's not thing. getting value for that soul. She's
0: not getting value for that soul. Yeah. Yeah, he's ripping her off. So she summons him multiple times. He doesn't come. She's getting angry and angry. He finally he's, shows up. He's just up. like
1: seeing it on his phone. He's yeah, like, oh, literally. I'm <laughs> block. <laughs> dismiss. Dismiss.
0: <laughs> reject call. Straight to voicemail. Yeah. He finally shows he's up. He's ghosting her. He is ghosting her. Well, okay. This, hey. this is about to get even better because... He finally shows up and she doesn't recognize him because he's white now.
1: He's a white dog.
0: He's a white dog. He was a black dog before. He's a white dog now. Like Gandalf. Flandolf. Flandolf. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. So he finally comes in. He says that his color has changed because it's to put her in mind of her winding sheet because her death is near. Mother Sawyer tries to command him to some more mischief, but he says no. And I love this scene as well. It's a fantastic scene. She tells him to to go and do something, and the dog says, I will not, and she says, I'll sell myself to 20,000 fiends to have thee torn in pieces then. And the dog says, thou canst not. Thou art so ripe to fall into hell that none of my kennel will so much as bark at him that hangs thee. Mm. He's like, nope. Hell's ready for you, baby. Yeah. You, you know, you sold your soul. This is the deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, We all knew that, like, Bargaining with the devil
0: was gonna end. Was badly.
1: never gonna be a fair bargain. It
0: was never gonna end well for poor old. Mother I mean, the Sawyer.
1: clue being the devil. <laughs> oh, I've got this great uh, business opportunity coming up with the devil. <laughs> I'm gonna make a killing.
0: <laughs> Has she never heard of Faust? No. No, clearly not. So yeah, the dog. Uh, the stage direction tells us stands aloof, while mm. Old Banks and the men seize Mother Sawyer and carry her away. And the dog has a little coda on that scene where he says, let not the world witches or devils condemn. They follow us and then we follow them. Mm. So literally like, yeah, we can tempt people, but people are worse than the devil, right? Like they'll take it and run with it. It's yeah. not all our fault. If you weren't, it's like you were saying with Frank, right? Like if that wasn't already in you.
1: The devil is is bringing out the worst. Devil's bringing people, out the worst. But that, people. That,
0: but it's already there. That in them.
1: Evil exists.
0: mm-hmm <laughs> already there
1: but he's 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 staring it up there. he's, he's
0: literally it. the devil
1: he is the devil yeah. like yeah. i
0: mean it's all his fault let's be there's
1: honest. no sympathy for the, for the devil here. no
0: sympathy for the devil devil needs no advocate no cuddy banks comes in looking for the dog also doesn't recognize him at first and the dog tells him that mother sawyer is shortly to be hanged and cuddy banks is like you know this is all your fault right
1: he's he knows what's going on then. Yeah, Cuddy Banks oh, knows Cuddy. what's up. Little Cuddy, whatever he's called, you know, young uh,
0: Cuddy. Young, young Banks. <laughs> young Banks knows what's up. Um, and the dog's like, uh, yeah, I'm the devil. Cuddy Banks tries to get him to turn his life around, which is really sweet. <laughs> it's really like, quite innocent. Um,
1: I just remembered something. <laughs> what? Sorry, a little bit off topic okay. with this comment. But because uh, you know earlier in the episode we said about old banks and Mm -hmm. I said oh Philip Banks
0: yes
1: I've now we're talking like comment about oh young Cuddy Banks I'm I'm kind of picturing Carlton Banks now
0: (laughs) yeah he is a bit Carlton esque he's a little bit he does he does he does his Morris dancing
1: oh there you go yeah
0: Um, and he's quite naive and sort of you know he he's got a a kind of Carlton energy about him yes yes I can see that Cuddy Carlton kind of you know sort of goes together. Yeah. So the dog tries to kind of get through to Cuddy Banks about how evil he actually is by saying, you know, I was the one that tricked you into falling into the river. And Cuddy's like, oh yeah, that was annoying.
1: <laughs> he's not really on the same level of the <laughs> stuff really. he's done, is it Well, really? no. And
0: he, the dog even says, like, Cuddy Banks says to him, like, I know you're the devil, but remember that I always treated you like a dog and not a devil. And the, the dog is like, yeah, which is why I've been playful with you and not actually evil. Hmm. So Cuddy Banks asked for some more information about the dog's shape-shifting powers, which gives the dog the opportunity for a sort of didactic, moralizing speech, mm. um, which I quite like. A
1: dog speech. A dog speech. Uh, Excellent.
0: Yes, in Act 5, Scene 1, he says, Thou never art so distant from an evil spirit, but that thy oaths, curses, and blasphemies pull him to thine elbow. Thou never tellst a lie, but that a devil is within hearing. Thy evil purposes are ever haunted. Mm. Mm. So the devil's always... Just waiting. Just waiting for you to have a bad thought. Pounce. Yeah. yeah. Cuddy Banks then tries to convince the dog again to become an honest dog. He says you could live in London. You could work for a butcher. You'd have all the the, scraps. All the bones. You'd have all the bones and scraps that you want. Um, cease being a devil. And the dog's like, you don't get it. I'm literally the devil. I'm not I,
1: actually a dog. I
0: love being bad. Yeah. That's my whole reason for existing. That's my whole shtick. And Cuddy Banks is like, well, then I'm going to have to beat you out of Edmonton. And he... gets him you know chases him him out of town Act 5 scene 2 the Justice and Warbeck and Somerton uh, and Sir Arthur Justice frees Warbeck and Somerton because obviously they did not kill Sue and Mm tie Frank to a tree and Sir Arthur gets a fine for his role in aiding Frank's bigamy which is gonna come back later finally Act 5 scene 3 the execution scene got a hanging the whole town's out Mm mm-hmm the men are trying to comfort Winifred, who understandably is very upset. And she says, my fault was lust. My punishment was shame. But at least I wasn't party to the murder. It could have been worse. I, I, I did a bad thing, but it could have been worse. Um, and then she faints. Oh Yeah, yeah. literally. They revive her. Mother Sawyer's brought into her execution. She repents all of her former former evil and warns them that there's no damned conjurer like the devil. And they drag her off to be hanged. Frank is brought in. He gets a much longer death scene than Mother Sawyer. He speaks his repentance, which is quite a long speech. And Winifred forgives him. And then old Carter forgives him. And then Warbeck and Somerton forgive him. And then his dad forgives him. What? Kate is like, I'll pray for you. <laughs> she does not forgive him. No, Kate's like, like you killed my sister, you asshole. Yeah. Old Carter agrees that he'll take care of old Thorny because now he doesn't have a son to take oh, care right. of They're him. They're still
1: going to kill him, though.
0: Oh yeah, Frank's getting hanged. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. He's, he's dead. Yeah. Um, old Carter is then like, so Kate and Summerton, you're still getting married though, right?
1: <laughs> 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 gotta have a wedding. Yeah.
0: And Summerton's like, yep, yep, we're definitely getting married. And Kate's like, I I mean
1: A lot has happened in the last <laughs> yeah. week.
0: She's sort of like, if I hadn't already agreed, I, I don't think I yeah. would. And she says, mainly because husbands are so cruelly unkind. And she says, Excuse me that I am thus troubled. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, you would be. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a small sort of... small village.
0: Yeah, and also her. Oh, it's sister. a lot of shit
1: da- going down in one village, right? right? It's, it's like,
0: like midsummer Murders. It is. Right? Like why would you continue living in this village? Why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bad shit's going down. Yeah. Uh we've got bestiality, we've got bigamy, we got murder, we got madness, it's all happening.
1: Yeah, we got stick stealing.
0: Stick stealing. Capital offense. Yeah,
1: top top of the list.
0: Top of the list. So yeah, she she is gonna marry Summerton, but she's sort of reluctant about it. Mm-hmm. Sir Arthur pays Winifred a £1,000 fine for being involved in, in the whole cover-up with Frank. Okay. And then she's welcomed into old Carter's home. So old Carter kind of adopts her, right? Okay. Um, which is very important because as a woman in this period, if you're not attached to a man, yeah. kind of difficult for you.
1: Give, give it a few years and she'd be the witch.
0: Yep, exactly. So Winifred's going to be taken care of. Um, the justice wraps things up by saying, harm's past may be lamented, not redressed. And then we have an epilogue, which is Winifred begging for applause. And that's the end.
1: Hmm. What happens with their child? We don't know. She's I She's raised she... in the Carter household. I guess. He or she. Yeah. We don't know the yeah, gender the child is. They don't have gender reveal parties yet. No,
0: definitely not. <laughs> they, they don't have ultrasounds. So that's... I don't know. <laughs> Do they not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Prenatal care in the early modern period, surprisingly uh, primitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they're... Uh, that's the end. We don't really know what happens.
1: The devil just skates off.
0: The devil uh, goes off to torment another town.
1: Goes to Salem. Maybe. I don't know. It's quite a lot of years in between, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of witching going on then.
0: There was a lot of witching. So, yeah, that's The Witch of Edmonton. And it's based on a true story. There really was a woman, Elizabeth Sawyer, who was hanged for witchcraft in Edmonton Mm. um, very shortly before the play was written. So it's a kind of like topical true crime Oh, so it's like story. within a few
1: years it's
0: i think it's within a year yeah wow yeah there were very popular um pamphlets which are like little yeah little prose booklets yeah not like what um, we
1: think what we think of pamphlets no like, not like, like what, what jehovah's
0: witnesses give us all. no not like that <laughs> <laughs> like um i'm trying to think what the what the contemporary equivalent would be like a like a short little book yeah kind of thing, like a like a story like a twitter thread I guess would be the closest. I always think of like right? uh, a little. Well, it's not as catalog.
1: Your <laughs> market.
0: No, I think I think a Twitter thread is a closer <laughs> equivalent. Like you know, somebody just tells you some like sensational story in yeah. like forty tweets on Twitter. Okay. That's the kind of format that this is, right? Yeah. It's short form, um, but sort of sensational, like a tabloid magazine. I guess that's probably a, a better comparison. Yeah, like the Sun. Like the Sun. And probably just as problematic. Say, but, but less racist. No, no, probably more racist. <laughs> <laughs> given it's London in That's the true. 17th century. Um, I think probably at least as racist and misogynist as the sun. Yeah. And so there were loads of these about this particular case in Edmonton. Um, for some reason, this was like the the case of the year. Um, and it got very a lot of attention in London. And uh, these guys wrote a play about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Wish of Edmonton. Very good. Yeah. Summary thoughts?
1: Summary thoughts? What? Like, well, just, just sunshine, thoughts. beaches, cocktails.
0: Samari. <laughs>
1: okay. Samari thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. There was a lot of witch content, which is, yep. you know, there was a dog. Yep. Did shit. Uh, <laughs> it was a. a is, was he a clown uh cutty banks
0: he's so he's a clown in the early modern sense of a clown that right? confused
1: so me last time
0: yes so he's not like he's a, like a
1: fool yeah he's sort of foolish
0: exactly he's he's a foolish character he's not uh like a court jester type of character and <laughs> exactly he what doesn't I was he doesn't do like carlton
1: in a clown outfit no it's
0: not that <laughs> it's also not carlton doing balloon animals for a kid's party it's no. um just somebody who's who's sort of the butt of the jokes yeah, yeah. um But I I don't know. I have kind of a soft spot for Cuddy Banks. I feel like he's all
1: right. Yeah. I mean, he makes friends with the devil, but like, yeah,
0: he's a bit of a fool, but he's I think he's good hearted. Right. He's not as he's, you know, if you're choosing between him and Frank.
1: Yeah. Well, one of them's a murderer. So, I mean, it's not really a fair (laughs) before
0: Frank's a murderer.
1: Yeah, but then he's a bigamist, So
0: yeah, exactly. So he's not I...
1: really got a lot going for him.
0: He hasn't. But I, I, what I like about Cuddy is that he he like quite innocently tries to persuade the devil to turn his life
1: around. That uh, that is good. To be fair. It's a
0: really sweet little.
1: He's trying.
0: Well, and what's interesting about that? Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna put my uh, lecture hat on for a Ooh. second. Um, so there's this fantastic book that I think I mentioned on the changeling episode by the wonderful Dave Nichol. Um, about the relationship between. Thomas Middleton and William Rowley as collaborator playwrights. Um, and one of the things he gets into a lot of detail about in the book is that Middleton and Rowley had very opposite theological worldviews, right? So Middleton was a Calvinist. He really thought that people were either saved or damned. Those are your choices. Yeah,
1: predestination. Yeah,
0: exactly. Totally like strict predestination. So you're either bad or you're good, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Rowley has the opposite worldview. So he's got um what is called a Pelagian worldview, where he believes that your goodness or your badness is determined by the choices that you make and that you always have an opportunity to turn it around.
1: Mm. So like my name is Earl.
0: Like my name is Earl. Yes, exactly. Rowley is Earl. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that kind of thing. So Rowley would probably love my name is Earl. That's his kind of thing because it's, it's a guy trying to make the right choices. Um, and, and the tragedy for Rowley is always like when it's either too late and something, you know, things are kind of going down the tubes and, and you can't turn it around or you don't have a good choice and you're kind of boxed into a, a set of bad choices. So I think we see that with Cuddy Banks, right, which is most likely the character he wrote for himself. Mm-hmm. Cuddy Banks really believes in the goodness of other people and the potential mm-hmm. goodness of other people. Right. He's very kind of, you, you know, even when he makes his request to Mother Sawyer about Kate he says either take my love away from me or make her fall in love with me. He doesn't say okay, like
1: just make her fall in love with me full stop. It's Yeah, or if you can't get her to fall in love with me in a more kind of organic way, then mm, don't bother.
0: Yeah, and, then take take my love away. Yeah, from so
1: I won't have those feelings. He, he
0: gives it a choice and he also isn't like go kill Summerton, I want my rival dead. You know, That's I mean? true. which which would be the Frank approach.
1: That would be the Frank. <laughs> That would be the frank approach. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think he's quite um yeah. There's something quite endearing about him. I, yeah, a I, thought, bit of a soft I thought spot I thought for Cuddy Cuddy was Banks. was
1: alright. He's yeah. okay.
0: He's okay. Old Carter. I feel like I have yeah. a bit. Yeah, I like spot. I
1: like him bringing the coffin in. i yeah, thought that was. He's a, like,
0: look what you did.
1: That was a master stroke. It was a boss move. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I liked it. It was. um Yeah. Yeah, nice and Halloweeny.
0: It was very spooky. Yes. And I like a good horror movie. It went from sort of things are okay, the sun is shining. I mean, we have some problems, yeah. but who knows what's going to happen? To murder. murder
1: yeah, I fast. like. It kind of started off like a lot of these other plays we've we've covered, where it's all like, oh, love triangle, love triangle, and then murdering, murder, which and and devil and stuff. So it's sort of it is again. It's like a kind of a mishmash of
0: yeah. lots
1: of themes. Tragic comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hybrid genre. Mm. Hmm. Yes. So, misogynometer. Let's do it. Okay.
1: Right, okay, we are getting along on the old timometer, So I'm going to fire in and go with a seven.
0: Mm. Okay,
1: justification. Well, that stuff about forgetful slut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, what was, I can't remember her name now. It was so long ago.
0: You don't remember her name? Henrietta Winifred.
1: Well, First, no, Winifred gets a raw deal, but the other woman gets a Susan. worse deal. Susan, that's it. <laughs> Henrietta. Henrietta. <laughs> Susan Henrietta, very similar names. Susan gets a raw deal in this play. Yeah. And she's all like, oh, but, oh, i better. We'll just kill me then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also, yeah, you're right. It, it really does feel like it's been written by a bunch of men. mm mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's because there's a bunch of men all together that they're kind of like you know just reinforcing each other yeah they're reinforcing (laughs) that kind of male perspective yeah
0: yeah women totally say that
1: yeah women totally ready to die for you yeah without and yeah if you justify why yeah they're good for it (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't know i mean seven i think's fair i think it's fair i mean is it a bit high is it a bit low what do you what are your thoughts
0: i was going to sit at an eight
1: oh good we're keeping the tradition of me going about one lower than you then brilliant
0: (laughs) to me it's an eight I think it's an eight um, for all the reasons that you said but also because poor old Mother Sawyer right like this I think this is one of the reasons that I really love this play is that I think it speaks so clearly to something that is still currently a problem of people who are sort of ostracized by society ending up in situations where they don't really have any good choices Mm, she's Um,
1: literally demonized she
0: is literally demonized she is and I think the play does quite a good job of sort of acknowledging that she's put in this position by her circumstances. Yeah. She's not inherently a bad person, but it also kind of lets the devil off the hook and she does end up getting hanged. And so there's this kind of there's like an effort towards kind of having that narrative of it's not really her fault and this society did this to her and all the rest. But there's not really any redemption for her. And I think she's you know as much as it is depicting a sort of real life story Mm. um i think i i can't sort of fault them too much for how it ends because she was actually hanged for witchcraft yeah
1: and i think but
0: it's i I feel like there could have been a little bit more accountability for the devil
1: in this yeah but isn't that like to pay devil's advocate here
0: devil needs no advocate uh
1: isn't the kind of thing is that he's the devil and he can just sort of walk away with it without yeah. any any consequences because he's the devil and think, he's just playing with people.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's what the scene with Cuddy Banks is about, right? Where Cuddy's like, "You could turn your life around. You could just be a normal, happy dog." And he's like, "No, I can't because I'm the devil."
1: I don't, he doesn't actually want that.
0: He doesn't want that.
1: He's just messing around with with Cuddy because he's
0: because he's, he's, he's just a
1: bit of fun and
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, bit, a
1: bit of light relief from all the murder, all the murder,
0: and and, <laughs> and the like the, the bestiality yeah so i think to me it's an eight i think it's an eight it's not by any stretch the worst that we've seen It's probably better on the on the massagenometer than a lot of things that we've read recently mm-hmm. but it's yeah it's still still pretty high yeah yeah so yeah there we go the witch of edmonton
1: was it witchy enough for you
0: Ooh.
1: yeah well, i hope you enjoyed our halloween spooktacular
0: yes have a spooky day
1: yeah and don't get murdered for stealing sticks
0: Ow, ow, what? (laughs) The devil. You've been listening to Not Another Shakespeare Podcast, and this is our pre-recorded outro. If you liked this episode, please review and subscribe. If you hated this episode, maybe share it with a nemesis. You can follow us on social media at nashackspodcast or check out our website, nashakespearepodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and see thee next time.
1: And fare thee well.